Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce saying, Joyce, we're predicting next year's Oscars. It's time. Is it? Not really. The Oscars just ended uh, the other day. Everything ever all at once won Best Picture. Do you remember all that? Do you remember that? That was pretty cool. Um, I do not. People seem excited. It? Yeah, it was. It was it won seven Oscars. Oh, did it? Yeah. Cool. Pretty great. Historic. Did not event. know. Was not aware. No, it's pretty cool. Uh, great show. So uh, now we're on to next year's Oscars, Joyce. I, 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 I'm so excited. I spent days looking at uh, Wikipedia and other sources to try to figure out what's coming out and uh, what we could predict. I did this all yesterday, so. And uh, I got to say, there's a lot. Hope springs eternal. It's like spring training for baseball. Uh, I'm always like, man, there's a lot of great movies here. I can't wait to see what's going to be good. And then uh, if you did this last year this time, which we did, uh, there were a lot of movies that either didn't come out or flopped. Which is the fun part. I mean, not the the movies that get moved is like whatever, but like love to see what flops. Not that you want things to flop, but just the expectations and reality. So so before we, we do this, I, we did this recently. So I apologize for for treading over retreaded territory. What would you say? Re, we, we, we're treading again, retreading. I don't even know what you're saying. Uh, I'm going to read off what we did last year for our early Oscar predictions uh, in March of 2022. Uh, here, we're, I, I don't know if we need to do every category. We did. We're adding a cat. We're adding two categories this year. We're doing going to do both screenplay categories. Last year, we just did best picture director in the acting categories. I, th- I think we could just do best picture here, uh, and probably instructive of uh, give you a baseline if you're watching. Well, this you can just we read them when we go through each category too. Okay. That's good. That's really good. Why didn't we think of that before? Why uh, didn't you just think of that now? That's really good, Joyce. Uh, okay. So for best picture last year. Christopher, come on. <laughs> I had, here were my list for last year in March. Armageddon Time, Babylon, Empire of Light, The Fablemans, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, She Said, The Sun, White Noise, and The Woman King. I got, uh, counting up quickly, one out of ten. It's The Fablemans. Great job. And you last year had Babylon, Empire of Light, The Fablelands, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, She Said, The Sun, 13 Lives, White Noise, and Women Talking. So you had two. Women Talking, sneaking in there just like it did at the nominations. You made it. Uh, I got to say, a lot of good movies there. Or some good movies, I guess. Maybe one or two. And some that didn't come out that maybe we'll mention today. And... uh a lot of ones that just didn't work, like The Sun. Remember The Sun? Still waiting for that to come out. Um, Incredible picture. Just had a great time watching it. When are they going to release that, Joyce? Um, it has been released. Oh, it it's did? Just, okay. You know, half a person watched it. Sure. So it was not you. 
clearly. Oh, certainly not. <laughs> you never saw it. <laughs> never saw it. Never, never saw it. Uh, never once saw it. If it got nominated for things, maybe I would have caught up with it. Uh, it is an experience, though. So you should uh, check it out one day. Once it's, it's, it comes to streaming, I would uh, watch it. I'll It'll see- quietly drop on streaming in like seven months. Yeah. And then we'll see the memes. I'll know it dropped once I see the memes. Uh, so I'm gonna we're gonna start here with the bang joys, best picture. So here are my ten. Depending on when they're coming out, who knows? Uh first up, Barbie. You see him wearing my Greta Gerwig sweatshirt. So obviously I, I did not see in. that at all. I didn't notice. So obviously I'm going in on Barbie. Uh Barbie for best picture. The movie Blitz, which is uh Steve McQueen's new movie. I have the color purple, a movie called Dumb Money, which is coming out in the fall from Sony, Dune Part Two. Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and Poor Things. Those are my 10. Amazing. So what do you got? Um, do I even have 10? Let me see. Two, three. <laughs> so far, so good. I just have to make sure it's 10. <laughs> so far, so good. Okay. Um, I have Blitz which I had to really make a decision on uh, whether or not it was going to come out this year because it could really go either way. So I, yes, Um, I made the same choice. Yeah. The Color Purple, Dune Part 2, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, La Chimera, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and Saltburn. Okay. (laughs) So we have a lot of crossover there, which I was not surprised. I had a Holdovers on my list basically until I was like, I'm going Barbie. Uh, I just went Barbie to me. I was just like, it's either going to be really big or really not big. Exactly. I felt the same way. And I was like, the reason I think it could be really big is because man, I'm hoping it's really big. All the crafts I think will be really good. Like she's enlisted a, a, a lot of really good people in it. And it's got a huge cast, like as an ensemble, obviously we've seen this year's Oscars are indicative that the Academy is not afraid of rewarding things that are necessarily popular or at least nominating them. So I was like, I think I could get in the holdovers feels like way more Oscar-y. And I was like torn on that one. Uh, Saltburn, I did not put in for best picture, um, but that's the Emerald Fennel movie. Yes. And then La Camara is which one? That's the Alice Rowacker one premiering okay. at Cannes. Okay. Short film, live action or not live action, um, animated short film nominee this year. No, it was live action, right? She was like Pupile? Yeah. Right. So what do you think here, Joyce? Um, I don't know. What? We have a lot of the <laughs> same ones. So uh, Blitz, I feel like, could be really big. It's an Apple movie, I believe. Unsure if it's coming out this year. I kind of feel like it will. I kind of feel like it won't. Okay. Because, like, they started filming in the fall, and... It's Apple, so Apple already has Killers of Far Moon, so like doesn't want to do two run two campaigns. And and Napoleon. Yeah, but I, I feel like that would be number three for them. I think that would be number three for them as well. That was why I put Blitz in, because I was like, I'm not sure if the Academy's history with Ridley Scott is gonna help here. Ridley is also very hit and miss anyway. Yes. Um, not just his films, but with the Academy. 
So the other ones you had that were different, I guess that was it. Saltburn, Lacamira, and Holdovers. And I had Poor Things, which I really think could get in. I, I, I was surprised you don't have it in, Joyce. I had it last year, and then I just drop it. Um, I have it in somewhere else later. But, I have it in two spots elsewhere. Um, yeah, I just got rid of it. So, I mean, no real reason. <laughs> uh, and Dumb Money I have, which just feels like the... Adam McKay memorial spot for best picture nominee where I still think, while I don't think it's a movie that would win certainly could get in based on past history, a large ensemble of like young white guys uh, doing like financial crimes. Yeah. Um, it's Craig Gillespie. So I don't know. I feel like maybe there could be some acting nominations for it or like screenplay. An issue would be also it's we we saw it this year Sony had a tough time with getting Woman King notice so possible for dumb money but also again they won't have maybe the hurdles of uh you know racism to I don't I don't think that was an issue with the film itself yes, yes. but if you're gonna talk about you know um a general a studio distributor uh shortcomings like maybe MGM since they've had or with acting especially. They've Certainly had a lot of trouble that. the past two seasons getting acting nominations across a, a wide variety of films and performances. So so what do you think would win? I was like looking at this and I'm like thinking of what's won Best Picture the last two years, obviously everything everywhere in CODA and even Nomadland. I was just like, I don't know what would win here. All of these feel like movies that would be in the past would have been slam dunk Oscar winners. And now I'm not sure about being able to carry through. Like almost every one of these feels like the Fablemans to me. Um, I don't think Killers of Our Moon will win. And um, it's going to end up being like the early front runner for like everyone, basically, which it was like last year too, before mm-hmm. the summer when it was like, it's not coming out this year, um, which everyone wasn't all about for like two weeks. But um, I, I, it's not so much like the the target on its back as the presumed front runner, but I think it's just like I don't I don't think they're going. I think they're more into like underdogs than the overdog. I totally agree. <laughs> and, and like these like passion projects from like these auteurs, like they're not really um like passionate about overall like they're like they respect it or maybe they're just even dispassionate as we saw with the fablemans it's like oh we like you enough to nominate you but you're not our favorite in anything (laughs) i completely agree and i'm looking at this list and we've got martin scorsese kills flower maestro bradley cooper christopher nolan oppenheimer all in there and i'm like none of those seem like they would win at this point based on what we've seen the last few years no and oppenheimer i can see being another dunkirk which like everyone had in first for months because it came out in July, which yep. Oppenheimer is going to do as well. So it's like this, this is the one we're going to have the most data on for a couple months mm-hmm. before the fall. So I can see that being like a placeholder thing too. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, like I, it, it just feels like it could just be another classic Nolan movie where it just gets a ton of nominations. Mm-hmm. Um then like maybe wins like a couple crafts here and there, but doesn't cross the line. Like I never thought Dunkirk was winning best picture, but I had that in first for months. <laughs> sure. Uh, what do you think would win based on your list? 
<laughs> I don't know. I didn't even think about winners. I was like, I need to list 10 movies here. Right. It's like, it seems really tough to find one. I mean, like we both have past lives. That was like a big hit at Sundance, obviously, and definitely is in that A24 underdog mode and is A24. But I mean, yeah, like, it and it's like... coming out soon. So it's, it'll have, um, you know, some breathing room before the fall. Um, I, I honestly yeah. don't know. I honestly think I would, if I was ranking these, I'd probably put Blitz number one, but I'm actually not sure if it's even coming out. So again, that's I, like- I don't think it's coming. I basically put it here because it's like, I need another movie. And I was like, this sounds like it could be a good pick, but I'm not sure. And I was right. like, I'll just assume it's going to come out now right. or this year. Um, so, so I got one out of 10 last year. You got two out of 10 last year. I think, I mean, I, I got to say, if we don't have like, three or four of these right now this is like a like these are like the big like dune killers of flower moon and maestro and oppenheimer are four of the biggest most anticipated movies if neither if none of those get in or one of those gets in and the other three don't i think that would be like pretty rough beat um i like i think killers will get in dune is fine i think like i dune feels like just like another you know, like two towers mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, Maestro, I don't know. I feel like that could go either way too, but it's Definitely. such a, yeah, a big production and uh, Netflix is behind it too. So um, I'll be interested to see Bradley Cooper's campaign. Same. How about the color purple? Now that's coming out incredibly late. But I do think it has the potential to be like a, while it's not an underdog, it definitely has like the potential to be like a movie people rally around because it's such a big ensemble cast and obviously such a known beloved property. Yeah, I don't know. It's still a musical. Right. <laughs> so what if it gets completely blank too, like Steven Spielberg's A Color Purple? Well, it might get blanked in the wins, but I mean, the movie had 11 nominations. So I don't think- I know, it, that's what I mean. Like yeah. wins. We're talking I think about it wins. Might, <laughs> I mean, I think it might get blanked. I guess we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea what to do with that one either, but I do have it represented in a number of places coming up here. Uh, Yeah, so that's it. I don't know. I, I know we're missing movies. I know we'll find different movies to throw in there. Um, I mean, I did think about- um. What was there? Oh, um, Blackberry, the trailer just came out this morning. Sure. Recording this on Wednesday. So Okay. Um, that had some good reviews. Um what else did I write down? But yeah, some of these I just don't even know if it's coming out. Like the piano lesson, I don't even think they've started filming that yet. <laughs> they haven't started filming that yet, so I don't have it on here. Um yeah. I thought of like I mean, I did think of Saltburn, obviously, because promising on one with such a big success i thought of other movies that i guess i i don't want to necessarily i guess well i thought of like a few others i guess we could see the holdovers was like a tough one to drop i also had air written down or beloved air i don't have air anywhere spoiler alert uh i actually don't either i've uh actually that's not true i have it in two spots uh, I almost put it in for best picture. I don't know. We'll see if it's any good. I can't wait to see it. We're seeing it next week, Joyce. Um, what about next goal wins? That's been delayed for like 17 years. I mean, no, I don't, ha- I don't think so. I've heard anecdotal evidence that it's totally acceptable. 
I mean, I guess it could get in because obviously the Academy definitely seems like on the Taika Waititi wavelength, but I don't know. I mean, he's just won once. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think that they're on the wavelength. That's it. They like Jojo Rabbit a lot. This is definitely in that kind of, not that vein, but obviously not like a Marvel movie. That's what I mean. I I feel like they might just, like Searchlight might just want to release it and offload it after all this drama. Maybe. Uh, for best director choice, I guess we'll do last year. I had Damien Chazelle for Babylon, Maria Schrader for She Said, Scorsese and Spielberg, and Gina Prince-Bythewood. Uh, so one again there. Great job. And you had Chazelle, Park Chan-wook, Scorsese, Spielberg, and Florian Zeller. So great. Uh, this year I have, again, stuff to find the list. And, and the other thing was like we were just saying with the movies, it feels like a lot of these big name directors, they have not really loved recently or at least even wanted to nominate. So I have Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Steve McQueen for Blitz, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Celine Song for Past Lives. I have Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Steve McQueen for Blitz, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, Alice Vorwalker for La Camera as my international pick, <laughs> and Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Fire Moon. <clears throat> so we have three of the five equal. I think Nolan and Scorsese and McQueen, if Blitz comes out, feel like very safe bets, even though obviously they don't love Nolan. It just seems like unheard of to imagine he wouldn't get in i mean he could be snubbed they've he snubbed could. him before i think the also the reason i decided to just predict blitz was like i need another director here i was like okay steve mcqueen <laughs> so i feel like lanthimos could get in certainly has had success before i thought of emerald fennel for saltburn but i didn't put it in for best picture so i didn't put it in i thought of bradley cooper but no i think they're just not like I think the branch necessarily is like not now for you. Or ever. Maybe ever. Uh, I thought of Denny Villeneuve for Dune Part 2, but I know, and like we said, like when he got snubbed in quotes last year or two years ago, that maybe they would do the makeup for Dune 2. But I'm like, is there really a lot of passion to get him an Oscar nomination for Dune? And when you have the original flavor, Denny Villeneuve in Nolan... No disrespect to Danny Villeneuve, who I love. It's like Nolan's already there. And like they're very similar filmmakers. So I just feel like Nolan with the more accessible Oscar movie uh, maybe would get in. So that's why I kept him off. Yeah, I didn't really think about Denny. Sorry to him. Um, but again, to to drive my uh, Two Towers analogy into the ground, Peter Jackson was snubbed for the Two Towers. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't the last they, one you know yeah exactly it was like they brought him back and then he won for the third one but i just yeah and then it's like you know they snubbed him the first time and i don't really know if there's like an urgency to nominate him for dune right um yeah and then i just i don't know i just put alexander payne in there i almost <laughs> said like alexander payne yeah, and it's I, like his comeback. It, it, and um, people seem to really like the movie. Even that was generating buzz. I think at Toronto. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a basic premise. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna come out over Thanksgiving, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's about a college professor who has to um, stay behind on campus with a kid um, who has nowhere to go. Right. So like heartwarming stuff. 
he didn't write it though so it'll be interesting that was um, honestly what pushed me but i had some pause on it because he didn't write it and then yeah aliche i was like again my international pick so. right i totally understand that, that pick yeah I with Celine song because i think past lives will be a big contender and a24 has proven i thought about her too and i thought about having both of them you know they've already broken that barrier of two female right directing nominees anyway um but yeah there's there's a lot of uh big names here men it's a lot of big white name directors basically yeah and a lot of like classic like film bro directors this year yeah i didn't so then i don't know i I didn't put blitz bazawule uh for color purple i thought about him um and then yeah i didn't do it so. It just feels like the type of movie that I think even if it gets a ton of nominations and could win, it would be one where the 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 brand the director would not get in because it's like the first major project kind of thing. Yeah, um, and I feel like it'll have to go over really big, um, or like the academy and industry really have to mm-hmm. embrace it too. Um, and I mean, who else was there? I don't know. I think those were like the big ones. Thing. I mean, yeah, like, like Bradley, I didn't really think about that much either. Like, I, I don't know. I and I know, like, he, I know, yeah, I know Bradley Cooper. Um, like, you know, last time he really wanted the directing nomination, right? And he campaigned that way. And we all remember the New Yorker or not New Yorker, New York Times profile. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes about it this time. <laughs> I mean, I would, I love Sarsborn. He was absolutely robbed of a nomination, obviously. You know, I think that and should have won for best actor. But I just, I'm like, I don't believe, I don't know if the Academy like wants to embrace him, I guess. And that remains to be seen. Yeah. And then obviously it depends on the final product too. Like it's right. been testing. And I've heard from people who've been to the test screenings that, you know, it's it, it still needs um, an edit interesting um yeah but you know Uh, rough cut i I also thought of greta gerwig but i was just like imagine getting nominated i just can't imagine them i think there's a much greater opportunity to nominate her later for it uh which i probably have it in uh but i don't think that i mean it would have to go over incredibly big i know it's ridiculous to say this but i mean like it, it could possibly happen but i mean like i just don't believe it yeah no i don't have her um anyone else I, i'm trying to think who else i even thought of nobody really no i mean there there could be like a i mean like todd haynes i would love to see from may december but i i don't know i had a tough time figuring out where to slot that movie because i was just like man yeah same and i just didn't put it anywhere same i, I maybe <laughs> i might have it in one spot i'm not even sure if i changed it though because i had it no i think i did change it I, I just was like i don't know where to put it that's when we were julianne moore and natalie portman and yeah. uh i forget the actor charles melton is that right um yeah i think so see. i don't know um i also thought about fincher um for the killer yeah Again, I didn't put them in because I was just like, they've shown recently that they're not as interested in like doing these legacy nominations. And The Killer doesn't seem like the type of movie that is like a mank sort of, where it's like going to be like uh, in the wheelhouse. Yeah, it might play kind of niche. Yeah. So, but 
I don't know like it is the director's branch so I don't think he would win if he got in but I could see them nominating him right um but uh, yeah I just don't know how big that movie will be same uh best actor choice last year at this time I had Coleman Domingo for Rustin Colin Firth for Empire of Light Brendan Fraser for The Whale Joaquin Phoenix for Napoleon and I had Jesse Plemons for Killers of Flower Moon and you had Leo for Killers of Flower Moon Coleman Domingo for Rustin Brendan Fraser for The Whale Hugh Jackman for The Sun and Bill Nye for Living nice list way to go yeah Sundance came through this year I have Bradley Cooper for Maestro I have Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon. I have Coleman Domingo for Rustin. I have Ed Harris for Long Day's Journey into the into Night, though I'm not sure if that's even coming out. And I have Jonathan Majors for Magazine Dreams. Interesting. Um, I have Bradley Cooper for mm-hmm. Maestro. Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, mm-hmm. Barry Keoghan for Saltburn, and wow. Jonathan Majors for Magazine Dreams. Hell yeah. So we have like almost uh, three of the five again. Uh, I had Giamatti and I really thought long and hard about him. I just, I'm like, man, if Long Day's Journey in Tonight comes out, I think it could get like rack up the acting nominations in a, in a being the Ricardos type fashion. Yeah, I just kind of ignore that because I didn't know. So and I then I was like, in. I have other options for acting. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I had a really tough time filling, like whittling this one down. I thought Giamatti would be great. I did not think of Keoghan. That's, that's true. Uh, I feel like that could just be a nice um, afterglow nomination mm-hmm. back to back. I, I love, I love what you're thinking there. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt like Chillian Murphy could maybe get in for Oppenheimer if it's really big. He is obviously the lead. I, yeah. Killian, I don't know. It's like, um maybe i don't I, I mean obviously well we need to see it first but you know they don't really nominate nolan performances right outside of heath um so but yeah i i, I had him in there initially and then i took him out so so you also don't have coleman domingo uh no, i have him in elsewhere okay <laughs> Uh, I have him for this one. I think Rustin again. Netflix held it back or didn't finish. Wasn't finished or whatever. But I see no reason. I think there's still like a. It could easily if the movie's not any good. I could see it, kind of dropping off. But I think like there is an affection for him in the industry, obviously. And I think we've been waiting for that kind of performance. So I'm like into that. And you know he's gonna. I can see him getting double noms. So okay. And Jonathan Major from Magazine Dreams, the movie is seemingly already very polarizing. I haven't seen it. I didn't see it at Sundance, but people were like the movie, he's amazing. And the movie is fine. Like kind of like a modern taxi driver type riff. But I would say like, based on the performance he gives in Creed three, which is amazing. And being an Ant-Man, which he's probably the best part of, even if the movie's not very good. And then this, I just feel like it's like, he'll just like kind of get in this year. It's going to be too much Jonathan Majors for him to not. Yeah, um, I can see him just being a lone nominee. Yeah, I mean, it was almost Bill Nye was a lone nominee, but they got the screenplay nomination. But he's maybe like the Anna de Armas of this year. Yeah, I think like they're all, like I haven't seen it either, but I feel like there might be people who 
you know, don't like the film or can't finish the film. Um, but then he'll also have a lot of supporters who could get him the nomination. Yeah. So. Um, best actress. This was a absolute just war for me. I, I had so many people I wanted to put in. So I can't wait to see how we, we differ. Last year at this time, I had uh, Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Regina King for Shirley, Carrie Mulligan for She Said, and Margot Robbie for Babylon. That's an ofer. Took a nice big zero there. A lot of performances we talked about a lot, though. And you had Naomi Aki, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Olivia Coleman, Lily Gladstone for Flower Moon, and Margot Robbie for Babylon. This year, I have Annette Benning for the movie Nyad. Lily Gladstone for Killers of Flower Moon, Jessica Lang for Long Day's Journey Into Night, Greta Lee for Past Lives, and Kate Winslet for Lee. Um, I have Fantasia for The Color Purple, Greta Lee for Past Lives, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Saoirse Ronan for Blitz, and Kate Winslet for Lee. Uh, so I have Kate, I have Sersha later for Blitz. I, I, I thought supporting. I don't know. Uh, obviously, we'll see. Uh, I had Fantasia too, but I just dropped her out because I was like, I have Color Purple getting in a lot of acting nominations coming up. Um, but I was just like, but I not for the lead, <laughs> not for the lead. And I was just like, I wonder if there's going to be a bias against Fantasia because she's not like, quote unquote, an actor compared to like some she of these other. Played actors. it on Broadway. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I'm like. I don't know. I just felt like she could I, I, she could be one that misses. I, I just I, I mean, know. if it wasn't a barrier for Jay Hud. But it wasn't in the lead category, or, right? Like, that's the thing. I don't know. I just feel like, like why does it matter? Well, because I think they're like more gatekeeping in lead than they are in supporting. But it's a musical and she's singing and she's played the role on Broadway. <laughs> I get how many times have a musical gotten a lead performance in acting recently? Well, we haven't had a lot a lot of musicals. Well, I mean, you had West Side Story, you could have gotten Rachel Zegler in there in a weak year. Could we really have a... Yes, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> really? you could have. Uh, I don't know. I didn't put Mulligan in. I wasn't sure. I, I think I left her out entirely. I um, only put her in just based on the screening keys um, because uh, I think, you know, she... they Like, they probably could fraud her into supporting, but what i've heard is that it's very much about their marriage um so i could see them running her lead right i mean it makes sense for sure yeah uh no no one at benning for you not ready to get her in in there no i thought about it but no um yeah and then like obviously saoirse would be gone if blitz is not coming out right and then, or if she's I have earned supporting because I just was like it might be an ensemble I don't know though I literally know nothing so I was just like sure put her in I feel like she's probably elite because she was announced first and then when they were filming they announced like the rest of the cast right well she might be the lead but it might be a supporting lead right like that kind of thing yeah but they could still just yeah run her lead so I I was torn on that but I wanted I I thought Jessica Lange for Long Jade's Journey tonight again seemingly like a slam dunk kind of character and role uh would get her in Lily Gladstone, I switched to lead for Flower Moon after the Jacqueline West interview the other day uh, about Killers of Flower Moon because I had her in supporting and I was like, I think she's- I I did the opposite because I had no room. 
So I had, I did the opposite. Then last year we had this flipped, uh, but I put her in. Cause I was like, I just think she's going to like, I get the sense Leo is obviously the lead. And I think that she will be heavily factoring into the movie the way they made it. Yeah. I think it could be like another Michelle Williams situation where mm-hmm. she could legitimately go either way. Yes. I, I thought that too. So I put her in lead. Um, and Greta Lee, I think if past lives is as big as we think would kind of like be a great story because, and she's also worked with a lot of people already. I feel like that will help. Yeah. Um, she is someone see not making it in the end after hitting precursors too. But Mm -hmm. if, you know, people are really passionate about her in the movie, um, I can see her pulling it out and then. Um, I thought about Regina King for Shirley. I thought that too, but then I feel like, I don't know. It just seems like it's so, the the buzz is is not very noisy. No. And they, she filmed that, she was filming that like more than a year ago too. Um, so obviously there were also extenuating circumstances with her too. Sure. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I thought about Jessica, but like I said, I was like, I don't know if that's coming out or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I went full. I went hard on it. I also thought Margot Robbie guaranteed Golden Globe nominee for Barbie, but I don't think she would probably make it in. You should do the Globe comedy musical category because it'll be loaded with starlets of the 2010s. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. J Law, no hard feelings. <laughs> no, I can't wait. I did not put no hard feelings in here very much. Uh, okay, supporting actor choice last year, just to give you some context. I had Paul Dano for The Fableman. Oh no, that was wrong. Oh no, I did Paul Dano for The Fablemans. Leo for Kills the Flower Moon, Anthony Hopkins for Armageddon Time, Jeremy Strong for Armageddon Time, and Glenn Turman for Rustin. And you had Paul Dano, Willem Dafoe for Four Things, De Niro for Kills the Flower Moon, Zen McGrath for The Sun, and Brad Pitt for Babylon. This year, I have Ben Affleck for the movie Air. Uh, Harris Dickinson for Blitz. Ben Foster for Long Day's Journey and Tonight, Corey Hawkins for The Color Purple, and Jesse Plemons for Killers of the Flower Moon. I have Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, Robert De Niro, Killers of Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo for The Color Purple, Jesse Plemons for Killers of Flower Moon, and Michael Shannon for The Bike Riders. Wow. Hell yeah. I love it. I just, I want him to get in with no precursors again. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, so I went Corey Hawkins because I thought that characters would probably- he, Like that's be. the role that's gotten the Tony nominations or yes. like that's the, the male role that's been nominated. But I could see Coleman getting in because he's Coleman. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see it. I thought Corey was very close to getting in for Tragic Macbeth. And I feel like we're waiting for him to pop. So I just was like kind of a dart throw with the character and the movie being really big, hopefully that he would get in for this, like kind of, but I could see maybe both of them getting in, honestly. Um. So then, wait, did you have Double Killers of Horror Moon? No, I have, I have Ben Affleck for Air. I have Harris Dickinson for Blitz because I was like, he was in a Best Picture nominee this year, obviously, with Triangle of Sadness. And it feels like he's like a young actor who is on the come up. And if Blitz is really big, he could get in for that. And then I have Ben Foster for Long Day's Journey. And tonight, another actor I feel like has been very ready to get an Oscar nomination and people respect the craft. And I can just imagine he's like, he's like movie version of Jeremy Strong at this point, I feel like. 
Um, which one of these are you going to hang on to when they're well past their sell-by date? Oh, Ben, for sure. Ben is definitely the new Jeremy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I thought Willem Dafoe, I had him in there, like, probably I would have him in over Affleck, but I was like, for the goof, I got to do Affleck. Because um, I think that movie's going to be pretty good. We didn't even mention Emma Stone for that movie. I thought of putting her in for Best Actress as well. Um. It just sounds a little strange. And I was like, I wonder if they're going to really go for it in the acting categories. Yeah, that's why I kind of um, was willing to drop it from picture and not have Yorgos and director. So, but I feel like it could like pull out a a Willem nomination. Maybe. I kind of went the opposite because I was like, I think it's like this, it could be like the Triangle of Sadness of this year where it's like strange and not super well embraced, but like the the film and the director and maybe the screenplay could all get in. But I feel like Dali De Leon was a very close six. He was. So. And I would feel like Defoe would be in here as well, but it's not crazy that you would have him in. And then I have, uh, I'm not just, I'm not sure De Niro people are like still looking to get nominated. I don't know. I didn't have them last year. No, I I, I agreed, but I don't know. I'm just like, sure. Um, he's evil. He's evil, but I I get it would be great if he gets in. I love De Niro, and I have, I love Michael Shannon bike riders. I really want to love bike riders. I just don't have it represented anywhere. Um, but I I'm know, and then I thought, what should I do for screenplay too? Like for Jeff Nichols. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, and I don't even know like who is what in that movie. <laughs> So, but then I was like, Michael Shannon. But then like every interview that Austin Butler has done um, this past cycle, because he just, they wrapped this in like December. He's been just talking about Michael Shannon. Right. And how amazing he is. Of, of, of course, like we know he's amazing. So it's like, I'll just put him in there once again, just, but I need him to not hit any precursors. Because <laughs> when he hits precursors, he doesn't get nominated. Uh, other people I thought of was anybody from Dumb Money, including like Paul Dano again. But I was just like, I kind of couldn't even figure out who was playing who in the movie. So I was like, I just didn't leave them all off. It does feel like the kind of movie, though, that can get like an as supporting actor nomination for the ensemble. Um, I thought about Samuel Jackson, but again, like that movie does not exist yet. I mean, if, if piano, it's a piano teacher or piano lesson, what's it called? Lesson. Sorry, it's a famous play, obviously. Uh, if that gets done and is out it would i think it would really put him in like front runner person personage basically for this yeah like that's why i want like i would put him in there i was like but they haven't started <laughs> like they were just they just finished on broadway did you think um, of either of the past lives actors john mcgarrow and taylor i did um but then like tail you i don't know i feel like he's probably gonna be another um borderline case it seems like he could be the lead or support yeah like i think john would be supporting for sure yeah. but teo i could see them going either way so i just left them both off um i thought about ryan gosling for barbie just like a comedic nomination so that we're going to do some emails later but that was actually somebody emailed in asking about ryan gosling for barbie uh do you want me to read that now no you can do it later okay Why? we'll come back to it later uh yeah i thought of gosling sure um there's a lot of, there's just a lot of movies. How about anybody else in Saltburn? I have someone else in Saltburn, not here. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought about, you know, like RDJ and Matt Damon and Oppenheimer, but I, I was just no to acting in Oppenheimer. 
I ended up putting it in one spot. I thought of RDJ more than Damon because they still haven't released this trailer as far as I could tell, but the one that was playing in theaters in front of Creed and the IMAX was like, it seems like De Niro, uh, De Niro it seems like Downey is playing a like uh, a government uh, kind of like, like in the, what do you call it? Like in the committee type thing, like being like an antagonist almost role because Damon is like the a general, I believe. And it's like kind of like, I'd imagine in the working with Oppenheimer and then De Niro's uh, De Niro. How many times am I going to do this? Downey is like you're just obsessed with De Niro. Why aren't you predicting him? I don't know. I got to predict him now. Uh, and Downey is like uh, kind of like investigating him or whatever. And it looked it kind of remind just from the two second trailer, the two second clip in the trailer it reminded me of like Gary Oldman in the Contender type vibes. So I was like, he could get in because it's probably going to be like a heavy ish role, like heavy like bad guy. But I just didn't predict him because I was like, I think I don't get the sense they want to have him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't get the sense there's going to be like a wide embrace of it for acting. So I just left it off. Yeah. um, I don't know. Like Nolan's films, they're it's not that like the roles aren't meaty or anything. Well, I guess you could say about like female characters, but um, they're not like really baity. Right. you know for actors but um or like obviously Beatty um I also thought about Brendan Fraser for Killers of Flower Moon and also Austin Butler for Dune slash the bike riders who knows and then I, they could have a rematch in supporting actor absolutely in play I feel like <laughs> I think they're like I'm not sure how uh, everyone's talking about Austin and Dune. Like every like yeah, Jackie uh, West too. <laughs> Jackie West is all about it too. I'm just like, I don't know how they're gonna rate Dune as a performance movie. They didn't do it at all last time. Exactly. I, so I'm uh, like, I'm not doing it. And you can't do it oh. this time. But I would love to see it. I'm very excited for Dune, uh, too, because Dune one ruled. It's like one of the best movies of that year. Uh next up we have supporting actress, I believe, right? And last year. I went with Julia Butters for The Fablemans, which I still respect for me because she was really good. Lily Gladstone for Flower Moon, Zoe Kazan for She Said, Samantha Morton for She Said, and Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. Wow. And I mean, had... we both got Michelle Williams just in the wrong category. Right. You had Jesse Buckley, Patricia Clarkson for She Said, Laura Dern for The Sun, Jean Smart for Babylon, and Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. This year, after all we just said about Christopher Nolan movies, I still have Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. I wanted to predict her for Pain Hustlers, Joyce. But I was like, I actually think Pain Hustlers will help her get this nomination because it's a softer maybe category. And uh, Pain Hustlers, I think, will be quite good and entertaining and in a, definitely a Golden Globe contender. And I feel like that'll help like coalesce around her for this. Anyway, I have Daniel Brooks for Color Purple, Viola Davis for Air, Taraji P. Henson for The Color Purple, and Saoirse Ronan for Blitz because I'm not sure if she's a leader supporting. I have Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple. Lily Gladstone, Pillars of Flower Moon, Taraji P. Henson for The Color Purple, Rosamund Pike for Saltburn, and Isabella Rosalini for La Camera. Hell yeah, that's a good one. Actually, that could work. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, so we have similar lists here. I mean, like, I have Gladstone an actress and lead. You have her here. Uh, Brooks and Henson feel like those are the char- those are the nominees that this got in 1986 so and those are tony also nominated performances so i feel like that seems like it should just happen like i don't know 
Yeah. Uh, and then you have Rosamund Pike for Saltburn, which would be awesome. I don't know much about Saltburn, Joyce. What, what do you know about I it? don't either, but um, I just know it's about an aristocratic English family. Right. And then Harry Mulligan asked to be part of it. Sure. <laughs> um, but I just, I just tossed Rosamund in here. I went Viola Davis for Air, and I guess I'm a little more, I'm bullish-ish on Air, and I had almost had it in for Best Picture, too, is because we've talked about this, and it depends, if the movie's not very good, it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, but I do think that releasing early now is a great strategy, and I think the fact that they're coming out in a couple of weeks in April, and then we'll later go to Amazon, and it's the first, like, artist equity movie, whatever they're calling their little group, I just feel like they're going to do a good job of keeping it out there and like supporting it all year. Um, but if the movie's not any good, then it doesn't necessarily matter. But there's, there's so many people in it who people really like, I think in the industry, specifically Viola Davis, that I just feel like it could, could happen. Yeah, I thought about her too, because um, I had a, well, I crossed paths with someone who came out of a test screening for AIR in the fall because mm -hmm. I got off an elevator to go to a screening and this woman was leaving and she was on the phone with someone and she was just telling the person like I just saw a test screening of that Michael Jordan Ben Affleck Matt Damon movie it's amazing Viola Davis is fire like she was just praising the hell out of Viola Davis mm -hmm. and how amazing she was so I was like oh cool like it sounds good and um yeah, I don't know. I think I'll just, maybe I'll add her in August. <laughs> Let me do these again. Sure. I, it, once we see it, we'll have a better idea, right? Like if it's like, if it's, if it's, if it's in the same category as the tender bar, uh, I would say probably not going to happen. But if it's like slightly elevated, I think it would be good. Yeah. I mean, this, this woman who saw it in like November, she was very high on it. So I also and know cool. someone who saw an early of it and said it was very entertaining uh, and it pays off what you're seeing in the in the marketing materials. So uh, anyone else you thought of? I thought of Florence Pugh for Oppenheimer as well, but I just was like, again, the Nolan kind of block for me. I think Emily has the bigger part. Same. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it'll It'll be great if she finally gets her first nomination. What about- um, I thought of Andrea Riseborough for Lee. I was literally just going to ask you what about Andrea Riseborough for Lee? <laughs> um, not going to do her yet. Um, and yeah, Julianne Moore for May, December. Had her which in I don't have anywhere. So I left that com off completely, but I think you can make a case that she could get in and Natalie Portman could both get an actress and supporting actress very easily. Um, and Dave on Joy Randolph for the holdovers. I had her in there for a brief second too, but when I went off holdovers, I was just like out. But again, if Saoirse Ronan is lead, then I could put one of these people in, obviously, and I would. I guess if Saoirse Ronan was not here and was a lead, I would probably have her in Best Actress in place of, where's my list here? I'd probably have her in Best Actress in place of Jessica Lange. And then I would have Julianne Moore maybe here. I don't know though. Um yeah, you're you're not you're not doing Jodie Foster for Nyad. I mean that would be another one. It could easily happen too. I don't know. I have Anna Benning in, so I guess I could have Jodie Foster. Um 
Yeah, I don't know. Who do you think is going to win all four of these? So if I had to guess now, <laughs> um, so for actor, <laughs> based on my list, I would say probably Bradley or Leo would have to be the favorites. But as we've seen this year, since maybe they don't need a Best Picture nomination, and if the movie's good, Coleman Domingo, I would put in there. I don't think John, I think Magazine Dreams might be too polarizing to have John of the Majors win, but maybe it's not. And he just wins because it's like the most like physically demanding performance, probably, if not transformational. So I would have one of them. It's at four of the five, I guess. I don't know if I had to pick one, I guess I would say Coleman Domingo, but you don't even have him nominated. So who would you have an actor? I don't know because I didn't think about winners for any of these when I did them. So um, I'll, <laughs> I'll do the four. I was just like, I have to pick five names here. <laughs> All right, so I'll say Coleman Domingo for actor. I would say, based on mine, I think Annette Bening for best actress. Uh, I think Jesse for supporting actor for Killers, and then Daniel Brooks for supporting actress. Um, I, I don't, do you, do you think they'll actually give Bradley anything? It's my thing. I don't know. I, I would hope so. But if they didn't give him for stars more and I don't understand why they would this year. So. Cause I get, I can see them giving it him best actor for Maestro. It is incredibly, but, yeah, it's a transformation performance. And like, yeah, sure. I could also see them just rejecting it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they'll like maybe Leo, I guess. I, I, I like based on my list. Sure. I don't think Paul, Barry, or Jonathan would win. So I guess I have to choose between Bradley and Leo. Mm -hmm. Um so I guess Bradley could win. Uh <laughs> you know, it'll it'll get a, a makeup nomination. We know that. So So then it could win. Um, yeah, he'll finally get it. Uh, and then actress. I don't know. What if it's number two for Kate? I mean, I was going to say, based on your list, I would say Kate would be the winner. Yeah. Um, and then supporting actor. Ooh, I could see Jesse or Coleman yeah. from mine. Sure. And then supporting actress, I could see Danielle or Taraji. Right. I think like Taraji would have like the veteran narrative and she's showed Avery. Now. So I feel like that's like the, the showier performance probably. But... I've never seen the Broadway production, okay. so I don't know the songs. Right. So, but I think Brooks did Brooks win a Tony or her did, like for the color purple. She was nominated. She was nominated. Okay. Cynthia won. Right. Um, Yeah, so, oh wait, I'm on the film, The Color Purple, huh? Cool. Um, yeah, she was nominated, so. Okay, the last two we have here are screenplays, which we did not do last year, so this is new territory for us to get wrong. Uh, first adapted screenplay choice. My nominees are Barbie, uh, Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach, Dumb Money, Killers of the Flower Moon, Long Day's Journey into Night, really just going down the line on that one, and Poor Things. Um, I have Barbie. 
the killer. Sure. Killers of the Flower Moon. Lee. And Oppenheimer. Nice. I left Oppenheimer off because I was just like, felt like one that they could drop. I left Dune Part 2 off because I was just like, there's it's more competitive this year seemingly in the category than it was yeah two years ago um yeah same and then i i didn't do color purple because they don't really go for musicals exactly. screenplay so i did like i said before i I did want to do bike riders but he didn't right um yeah so i don't know i could see this is my barbie representation if i'm going low on barbie <laughs> so i had it in for props. picture i've been for picture so it's like i think i'll get in for screenplay too uh, and then original screenplay, my picks were Asteroid City, which is Wes Anderson's movie, uh, Blitz, Maestro, Past Lives, and Saltburn. I have Blitz, The Holdovers, Maestro, Past Lives, and Saltburn. Okay. That's funny. So, same things. I just did Asteroid City. I was like, not sure what to do with the Wes Anderson movie. I feel like it could get French dispatched. So I just didn't have good. it anywhere. But the thing is, French Dispatch wasn't very good. So I guess I'm hoping that this is good. Because when these movies are good, they do get like at least considered for screenplay nominations, you would imagine. Or, you know, what? I mean, it could be good and they just don't care about it. So True. like the, the quality of the film doesn't have anything to do with how they feel about it. So I think it kind of does sometimes, don't you think? Yeah, but like there are tons of good movies that don't get nominated. So right. if you don't care for it, they're not going to nominate it. <laughs> Um, the other four seemingly are just dead on. I, if Holdovers was written by Alexander Payne, I would have put it in. But since it's not, I'm like biased against it now at the moment. I was like, I don't know if they'll put it in. I I don't think they're going to hold that against the film. No pun intended. But... No, I don't. I don't think they'll hold it against it. Like if they like it. But I was just like, since there's not like, like, if it was him, like we know the track record of him being like a great writer, obviously, and I would just put him in. But since it's not him, I'm like, whatever. I feel like Focus can do it. So sure. Uh so no Napoleon representation at all for this for either one of us. You were very high on Napoleon last year. I was, and I thought of putting it in for Joaquin for best actor, but I just think I don't know if like I just found these other performances and even the backup performances like more compelling, perhaps at least in, in concept, since we haven't seen any of these things. Uh, I thought of Vanessa Kirby for actress, but it's, again, really competitive category. And I did think of Ridley for director, but they're not, I don't think there's really a lot of energy to get him in there. Like, they had two opportunities in a week year, arguably, and they didn't bother. Yeah, like, he runs hot and cold with them, so... um. I don't know how that will play the film. So, and then, yeah, Apple has other priorities mm -hmm. too. Not not that, I don't think it will like stretch itself thin. I think it can handle multiple movies, but I think, you know, that's not their number one. No. So. Uh, anything else you thought of that we didn't talk about? Mission Impossible 7? For screenplay? <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, adapted. I, 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 uh, I don't know. There, yeah. Again, like, I don't know if 
piano lesson would get in there. I just don't either. think it's yeah. If, if it's but not... no, not just because it's like not done. Oh, but okay. yeah. Um, I don't know. I did think about um Blackberry. I didn't watch the trailer yet. I guess I have to. That's what you're telling me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What about uh Wonka? No, sorry, sorry to that man. <laughs> uh, how about Ferrari, Michael Mann's movie that doesn't seem to have a distributor at all? Um, I thought about it once and then not again. <laughs> Could get in for director and actor for Adam Driver, obviously. You talked to Michael Mann before he started filming it. He was actually he was, doing he was it in Italy. I, I mean, I'm very, very excited about that movie. But like I said, this whole year, it feels like, that's why I'm excited. Like, I guess my, my main takeaway from this was like, it's not lazy, but I was just looking at the list and I'm like, it's uh, it's easy to think like all these movies from these like massively recognized auteurs are going to get Oscar recognition. But we've known now from the last two years that that's definitely not going to go carry through the whole season on their name recognition alone. And there will be a lot of probable surprises uh, that we're not anticipating right now, which I'm like excited about because it's like, man, I love all, I love Christopher Nolan. I love Danny Villeneuve. I love Scorsese. I love Bradley Cooper. I love Michael Mann, but I'm like, I, I love that. I get them right. That we've gotten them already. So it'd be nice to see like new people uh, elevating this year. Yeah. And I could see all of them flopping for lack of a better term, like, or just like, you know, the like voters not being into them at all. Yeah, I know, mean, like, it's... yeah, like they're just not, they're not the type of, it's not the filmmakers. That it, I mean, like using Spielberg as an example, he still got nominated, obviously, and he's got nominated two years in a row, but there's no real push for him to win anymore, it seems. I think for him to win, he would need to make an actual like top three film, which Fableman's turned out not to be. Right. You know? And I don't know if any of these films are going to be top three. I just, um, yeah, like Killers. I think for for Marty, like he, um, I think it's good that you know this is not like a a movie memoir, like yes, some films we've had the past couple seasons, you know. It's um, a regular old movie he made a western, but it's still it's still you know a, a crime drama, um, historical crime drama, but still kind of like in familiar territory for him. So I don't know. It's like maybe people might feel like it's it's not that exciting. Um, I, we don't yeah. know what's going to be at Cannes and what's going to do what, but I was like, I think it would. I really do think we have to sort of recalibrate our thinking on a lot of these movies in the terms of when they're coming out. So I think if they do bring it, like, I think that would be a great idea to get it because it's a very long movie. Uh, if you just, if it was like the last thing out, I think it would get Babylon, whether it's good or not. You know what I mean? Where it just is like, it's too long. No one has time to really sit and think about it. And it would just like, you know, it's in the, but having like six months of runway, basically, if it premieres, it can, and then they like slowly roll it out further. And maybe even before the fall festivals, if it comes out, who knows whatever they're going to do with it. Uh, that would probably be smart, but I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to be over predicted to win stuff. And I think that will be bad. So um, I, I do it. think you might be right, though, that like Oppenheimer will steal a lot of the thunder in July. It feels like, I mean, people will be. All yeah, I, th- I mean, I think both of them will be over predicted. Right. There'll be like one, two in so many places and stuff. Um, But but obviously Killers is more highbrow. Like, I don't know if anyone actually thinks Oppenheimer would really win. No, I'm very excited yeah. for it, but I don't, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they're going, they're kind of just ignoring, you know, the legends really, or like people we, we know and are going for kind of newer names or people who haven't been recognized yet, like Jane Campion, in director at least. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's it's easier to root for an underdog, even if the underdog is like a juggernaut, like everything everywhere all at once. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and like the Daniels were new to a majority of right. the Academy. And so looking, that's why I was like having such a tough time with this list, because I was like, man, there's not a, I can't find the underdogs yet, right? Like past lives is like an obvious one, because we got the data from Sundance, certainly. And like the A24 and Primitor, so it makes sense right that that would be like one that pops but i don't know what else we'll find i don't know yeah it's probably something we have not named yet so because we we didn't have everything everywhere in our march predictions last year because it was like five days after the movie opened right (laughs) yeah i would go i would i would bid pretty heavily that if we're looking at not uh, the best picture winner is not listed in this on either one of our lists right now that'd be my bet which it's fun because it's you don't see it coming right and like yeah. like uh aaron taylor johnson in avengers age of ultron did not see that coming joyce i have All a couple right. of uh, listener emails here you can email us at slugfest at goldderby.com here is grant he writes thank you so much for the brilliant oscar slugfests uh the internet is a strange place, but your uploads have been delightful and homely viewing. As a humble fan, I just wanted to thank you both. Uh, I eagerly await your upcoming speculations on Killers of the Flower Moon, and I plan to keep tabs on how many times you say that movie title over the next year. My guess is it'll be a lot. We already said about 3,000 times today. And then here's my question. What do you think of the chances of Ryan Gosling getting a Best Actor nomination for Barbie? Uh, fight me but that is a world i want to live in a world where that happens so you had him in as a potential for supporting actor yeah i uh i'm very excited for barbie i literally have no idea what it would be like and i have no honestly no idea what it would take for it to be taken seriously as an oscar movie i guess that's what i was trying to figure out um i think it would need great box office and legs at the box office um and like a good mix of critical and commercial acclaim like from fans like uh the general public um and let me let me ask you this when was the last time but it's seemingly a a, an outright comedy not like a not like a slapsticky will ferrell comedy right or whatever but like a it is a comedy when was last like how how much how much comedy is too much comedy for it to be taken seriously would you say? I don't know. I mean, there's also like musical numbers in it. True. So 
it is something like what if it is kind of like everything everywhere where it's just like this hybrid of stuff and but it's from a huge studio <laughs> if if they're able and to, someone we already know if if they're able to get it to be like a actual thoughtful juggernaut movie that like combines different genres has a point of view and something to say I think like, it is I, I think it does I yeah it's just like it's just hard to tell what it is on March 15th right uh I'm very I I do I think I have it so I have it for best picture and best adapted screenplay and I could easily put it in in like two or three other spots because I think I do think Margot Robbie it's like a goof but I really think like if she's good and the movie is great that could get in I don't know like it's like the degree of difficulty of playing a toy <laughs> so a toy I mean like I don't know like it could work if she could get in they obviously do love Margot Robbie I think that's true so certainly will be they, in the know, they didn't nominate her for your beloved Babylon <laughs> They didn't because they didn't like Babylon. Like that's it. If they don't but like, but if they it, if they loved her that much, she could overcome their hatred of Babylon. I don't think so because it's like because like because because then you're implying that the affection for her is independent of the film she's attached to. It's kind of like Meryl. I don't think that I don't think that's true. I think they do like her, but I think if they don't like the movie, like if if Barbie, it's not they're not going to just nominate her even if they don't like Barbie. That's I guess I would say. But yeah, I just like they... I don't think uh, I think they like her. I don't think they love her. Like she only has two nominations. I mean, that's a lot of nominations in like five years. Like, I think they love J-Law more than they love her. Sure, but J-Law is not going to get in for no hard feelings. No, but I'm not predicting that. But like yeah. they nominated for Joy. True. But that came after the end of... I, I, I don't think... I think they do like J-Law more than they like Margot Robbie. But I think they do also like Margot Robbie a lot. But if the movie's not any good, they're not going to nominate her. That would be my take. If the movie's good, she could get nominated. But I didn't put her in. Um, I think she'll definitely get a Globe nomination. So who would be in the Globe musical comedy category? Margot Robbie. J-Law, Emma Stone. Jennifer Lawrence and Emma Stone. So those three. And then Fantasia for uh, Color Purple. Mm -hmm. And then do they like category fraud Saltburn as a comedy? I never have never thought of it as a comedy so but they could right like i mean that was like i mean i don't know i don't know anything about it (laughs) i don't know anything about either but i'm I'm imagining they could (laughs) why (laughs) well because her tone is seemingly like dark comedy right like promising a woman could have been a quote-unquote comedy Uh, i wouldn't have put it there but you know there was a conversation about that that we definitely did that a couple years ago oh yeah i know but like i like i i see like banshees being more of that tone than promising young woman yeah um, i don't know what other like borderline comedies are there <laughs> i mean the holdovers but i don't think divine joy randolph would be a lead so no so we already have four slots locked down let me see if i can find a, a list of movies <laughs> Um, you're just googling comedies i'm just googling 2020 2024 movies 2023 movies uh let me see 
Oh, there's a the Ethan Cohen movie with Margaret Qualley and Geraldine uh Viswanathan. So maybe mm. one of them. Yeah. Man, there's a lot of movies this year, just we didn't even talk about. How about uh The Iron Claw? Zach Efron. Zach Efron, Lily James, That's Harris Dickinson, Jeremy Allen White, Sean Durkin director. I uh, mean, sure. Would love to see it. Uh, I'm scrolling through. You mentioned Lee, uh, Long Day's Journey, Maestro, Magazine Dreams, great. Next Goal Wins is a comedy, but I don't know who the lead actor would be or actress would be. I just don't know if um, they'll see a lot of awards. We also talked about, we didn't talk about uh, Sofia Coppola's movie, Priscilla. More Elvis. More Elvis. Jacob Elordi as Elvis and Callie Spanny as uh, Priscilla. Just not sure they're super interested in Sofia Coppola movies. What if Jacob wins when Austin couldn't? That'd be absolutely amazing. Uh, the internet would melt, I feel like. Um, there's an untitled Bob Marley movie coming out maybe this year. Yeah, that that I thought about that too for both um actor and I think I I think I had Lashana Lynch in supporting. Yeah, Kingsley Ben. But I just don't know. Like I was like, is that even coming out? I don't know. It feels like I was actually expecting you to have it in there on the because you had uh, the Whitney Houston uh, Naomi Ackie in it this time last year. Yeah, but that I like that we knew was going to come out in December. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot of other movies we don't necessarily know about, right? Like, I don't know. I guess we'll see how like, we. I get. I guess we'll see like how the season plays out because, like, we saw this year, movies could get moved around or moved up based on how other movies perform. Let's say. Like if Blitz, you're right. Like if Killers of the Flower Moon is like absolutely unbelievably well received out of out of Cannes and Blitz is like on the cusp of like December release, maybe they do hold it to next year. Yeah, but I, I think it's it's also that I don't even know it will be ready. Sure. You know, it's just like the post. It's like kind of like Killers last year. Right. Like the post. So I think it, it could just be a combo of that or it's just, it's literally just not done in time. Um, uh, one other email here I have, Joyce. Uh, this is from a loyal listener named David, who we've read before. Uh, his question is more broadly about the whole thing. Uh, do you think nobody cares about the Oscars anymore? I've encountered a lot of people at the movie theater. I encountered a lot of people at the movie theater when Everything Everywhere was re-released re in theaters after the Oscar nominations were announced. And I asked if people coming out of the movie were going to watch the ceremony, and they all loved the film, but they couldn't care less about whether it wins awards. For once, the Academy voted for a movie many young people have seen, and I would have thought the ratings would be higher than just 18.7 million that we had this year. Do you think since the pandemic, we live in a time where award ceremonies are now irrelevant to moviegoers? What's your take on this? Um, I I don't really expect everyone who sees a movie to watch award ceremonies or everyone who watches TV shows to watch award ceremonies. Um, but yeah, like we're just not in a, a monoculture anymore. Like we have the internet. Um, you, you don't, if, even if you're interested in a film and you cared like, or slightly care to see if it wins awards, you don't need to watch a show to find out or wait until 
the 11 p.m. news to find out or the newspaper the next morning. Like when I was a kid and I had to go to bed, like there were some Oscar ceremonies I didn't finish watching because I go to bed and I woke up the next morning and I saw all the winners in the newspaper. So I, I you know, but now you could be out at dinner and then you could just get an alert or like go online and see like who won what. I, you know? I absolutely think that's I think that's like an under discussed way of the maybe the issue with like ratings is that and you can't really compare it to like the Super Bowl as like any kind of option because it's no. like it's a sporting event. Sports are live and like sports are so much more exciting than award shows. But I was like it can actually change. <laughs> I almost wonder so like 18 million. I thought they would break 20 million this year just because the nominees they came close 18 and I, who knows what the final numbers will be probably like I'm sure it'll be over 20 million when you count in like live plus seven and all this nonsense that they do now, right? Like you could stream the Oscars right now on Hulu if you wanted to, if you missed it or for whatever reason. So I'm sure they'll get to like 20 million cumulative viewers uh, before all is said and done. So that's like pretty solid. And it was like the best version of like the current Oscars I think we could have. It was like winners that people knew and like movies that people had seen and uh, all of those things kind of played into it, but that's still a really big number. 20 million is nothing like embarrassing. I mean, 10 million watched the pandemic year with Nomadland. So this is like yeah. way increased of that and an increase of last year as well. Um, I think we just have to recalibrate what we're doing with the numbers. Like it's like 20 million now would be like 40 million. Like 20 Yeah, million. it's totally fine. And I mean, at my previous job, I used to cover ratings for TV shows. Yes. And it was fascinating just to watch like the ratings gradually drop year to year and then you know like how like at what number like networks would cancel shows because at like there were shows like like 12 years ago shows were getting canceled with like 12 million viewers mm -hmm. and like a 2.8 in the demo which broadcast network shows would kill for right now mm -hmm. like these days you're lucky to get like 3 million viewers. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like a 1.0 in the demo. Um, like, you know, people didn't know how, or like, you know, it's heads, like the brass powers that be didn't know how good they had it back then. It's like, your shows were actually doing well. It, they weren't getting 20 million, which was like peak back then or something, or like in the teens. But yeah, it's just like the advent of, technology and social media and streaming and all this stuff and our attention span is not there there are too many options there are too many shows um and yeah i don't expect people who see movies to care about whether or not they win awards i i also think and this is again completely anecdotal and maybe like self-selected bias uh i think the people who care about the oscars and watch it now care way more than people who watched it 20 years ago or are more informed about what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like it is definitely like a more hyper aware audience that is watching, right? Like then that that's what we were, like you were, you definitely had said this a lot. Like, don't worry. Like you can't get like just random people put tuning it in, but you should yeah, actually yeah. program it to the people who know what they're talking about and like to watch it. Right. And there's a lot of people who do. And so yeah, it's like, people like, like us and right. it's like, you know film twitter like right. they're the ones who care about it it's and like everything they did wrong last year they were trying to draw people in with you know exactly um oscars cheer moment right and i feel like this year 
they did a really good i mean like the show was whatever i thought it was totally fine like we talked about like pretty anodyne and like the winners were not shocking in a lot of ways um but it was a perfectly well calibrated oscars that seemingly took the time to think about the people watching who actually care about it yeah it appealed i think like you know in the world we live in now um and to put on a award show you should just appeal to your core audience right because they will always be there for you right and then if you happen to get stragglers the casuals that's great but you're not gonna get you know 45 million viewers anymore that's just not the reality and you know it's just like all these like clickbaity headlines it's like oh like rings are down or whatever or up just by like two percent or it's like like who cares <laughs> like it's just right. you're not going to reach those heights anymore and it did improve on the last year so you know that's good um i don't know if it'll like cross 20 million live ever again probably not i don't know like i think it's like you know, I, I feel like it'll probably just move on to like a streaming service at some point, like Disney Plus, like the SAGs have, you know, with Netflix. I, or I think the ABC yeah. contract runs out in 28, I believe, right? Yeah, like the 100th um, anniversary. But so, yeah, it's just a different world. Like you're just like people are not at home on a Sunday night with nothing to do or like, you know, like we, we have smartphones now. We didn't have smartphones back then. <laughs> like you could be doing other things. And um, yeah, like my, like my parents don't watch these movies. Um, and then like I had dinner with my parents the other night and my mom was like, oh, that everything movie won everything. <laughs> my, uh, my she mom just, She just it. read the headlines. Yeah. yeah. I would, I other thing is I was wondering too, is like, it does feel like I'm sure I'm sure I'm not I'm definitely not the first person to say this so I'm not like breaking ground but it does feel antiquated to even think about using the Nielsen ratings in like Mm -hmm. any real like to quantify how many people are watching something I I just don't know because I'm like movie box office is easy you're spending money to go so like if people are spending money even if there's inflation all these different things you still have like an accurate representation of who is spending money but Neil like the way you're watching, like, you're right. Like people are not engaging maybe with the Oscars on ABC, but it's like, how many people are like watching it on Twitter basically, or like watching the clips on Twitter or what, you know, yeah, all these different like they'll things. see, you know, like memes of Andrew Garfield's face. Like everyone saw that meme. Yeah. Everyone probably watched Lady Gaga perform at the Oscars. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I then like think- those clips will be uploaded so quickly it's just uh, like even on the artist's it. own like youtube page and stuff so you don't need to like so like yeah one of my friends he just he was like oh i just watched the like jimmy's monologue and then he had to put his kids to bed mm-hmm. so and then like he didn't like care about like he he saw like i don't know like three movies i think <laughs> but then he was just like oh he just like checked periodically to see what won but he wasn't watching the show nor did he feel inclined to like dvr it and then watch it from beginning to end later. So I think it's just like, I don't think we should have an expectation for just like the general public to be watching the Oscars or the Grammys or the Emmys or like any award show. Right. And again, it's never going to get to like 60 million viewers, but I would argue more people are like, if people, I, I always go back to this, if people didn't care about this show, they wouldn't get mad about it. Like there were, people were so mad about like, 
Andrew Reiser and Daniel Debweiler and Viola Davis for weeks, maybe rightfully so, but they were very pressed. And if nobody cared, they would just not have cared. Right. You know what I mean? Like it carried a cultural conversation for like almost a month. Yeah. But the, the people behind that conversation were, were still the people who care about the Oscars mostly. Right. But that was a lot of people. You know what I mean? I'm saying like, yeah, I think like, that, a lot like that's still your core audience. Right. You know, like it, it might may have like hit mainstream media, but I, like, yeah, like my friends were just like, oh, like what happened with that? And I explained it and like, they don't care. <laughs> you know, they just like went in the background. But yeah, like, you know, they, it was a decent show this year and like the ratings went up. I think they got everything they could have asked for out of the show. It was a vast improvement from last year. No one got slapped. So it's like the same thing like last year. You may not have been watching the show, but you just heard Will Smith slap someone. You're going to go online and look for clips of it. You exactly know? right. So, uh, but yeah, so I have a question or actually yes. I have a two-parter question here. Oh, wow. Let me hear Joyce. So this is from Stephen. Um, this is very long. Maybe I'll just read the questions. Okay. Should I read both of them at once or just one at a time? Let's do one at a time. Okay. So this is the first question. During your post-show recap, you discussed Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, being more of a career win than for this specific performance. Do you have thoughts on how the Academy decides who is overdue for this kind of acknowledgement? I couldn't help but immediately think of someone like Glenn Close, who has been very deserving and close in parentheses and has never won. There are so many Oscar IOUs that have yet to be cashed in, parentheses, Amy Adams, Michelle Williams, Angela Bassett. I'm so curious how the Academy decides now is the moment to honor someone. I put, I thought about this a decent amount, actually, uh, specifically about the IOU thing. But to answer the first part of the question, I think they decide based on, A, the performer is like, beloved in the community or overdue like a jamie lee curtis maybe not overdue for an oscar because it's not like she's got like a glenn close level of nominations right it's her first nomination but certainly like someone who everyone is aware of and then is also in a movie that is a total home run if jamie lee curtis was in the wife she would have not won right you know what i, I honestly i don't think so at all like it just wouldn't have happened maybe she would have gotten nominated but it, the reason jamie lee curtis won is that they love the movie if jamie lee curtis was in something that had one nomination or two nominations and Angela Bassett was in the same category, just like we had this year, Angela Bassett probably would have won. I think because the movie was slightly stronger than this fantasy Jamie Lee Curtis movie that doesn't exist that I just made up. Um, but I think that's how they kind of figure it out. I don't know. Again, I'm talking, we're talking about this as if they're a monolith, but I do think that's kind of like the calculus. Yeah. I don't think they actually think about IOUs until it, it's staring them in the face. Like, I don't think they ever thought about, you know, no offense to her, but um, like, oh, we need to get Jamie Lee Curtis an Oscar. It's not just like, she's never been nominated, but it's, it's just like, you know, sometimes you don't think about it until it's in front of you. Right. Right. And in her case, I don't even know, like, she's probably like definitely been on like lists of like, oh, like 18 celebrities you won't believe have never been nominated for an Oscar. But I don't think she's been on lists where like, you know, like actors who are overdue for an Oscar necessarily. Right. Cause I, I like, what would, I mean, like she's, she's probably been overdue for nominations, you know, for like a fish called Wanda or something or trading places um, or true lies. Mm -hmm. 
Right. But like no one feels really aggrieved that she hasn't won. Like they do about like Glenn Close or Amy Adams, you know? Um, But I think this situation was just a perfect storm for her where she does have this juggernaut of a film that just stomped unopposed for the past month, right? Like we said, it just had no challengers. Like no one stepped up to be like, I'm going to try to take you down. Um, And it just like cleared on everything. So she was definitely a coattail. Um, But then just like her own stature within the industry and her lengthy career, I think people, when they see her name in front of them, it's like, man, like, you know, she's been around. Um, She's like busted her ass. Like, I think everyone loves her and she's very popular and she's worked with a ton of people. And it's like nice to see, see like your friend getting recognition too in a movie you love. Um, and it is a, a fun performance. I know, you know, most of the movies fans prefer Stephanie Shu. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, Stephanie just doesn't have the same cachet with voters as Jamie does. Um, and then she also campaigned like she very astutely leveraged um like her goodwill to get a nomination and a win like she literally just said like I want this and everyone happily obliged and I don't think this would work on anybody (laughs) like even if even if you're like an overdue veteran who's never been nominated I don't think you could get away with this not just because you would need the movie too. But I think she's built up that goodwill over the years. And as someone who has followed her on Instagram for years, like she is always championing other people and other things, which is what she did on the trail too, like campaign wise, like she was always stumping for other people and the film, not just herself. And I, so I think people see that and notice that I'm not saying she was playing the long game, but she was playing the long game. It's like, they see that it's genuine Maybe so, I mean I maybe sure. we don't have to be cynical. It probably is genuine, right? Yeah, like it is genuine. Like I I like I think she does genuinely support other artists in the community, and it's like she wants it too. Um, but she is you know championing other people, so I think that appeals to people. And yeah, like they're just it was a perfect storm for her. So I and like it's it's luck and timing, and I think Glenn Close has just had bad luck. <laughs> I. And then with the IOU part of it, this, I, I think, and we've talked about this, the Academy is not necessarily as sentimental as we think, right? Because there are performances you could go back in history where the person who had the better sentimental narrative this year, notwithstanding, did not win, right? Like even like Chadwick Boseman or Laura Bacall or whatever it is, like going down the line. Um, but I do think there, like, there are a lot of IOUs. And I think the only way to end that is just to not to leave those IOUs in the past. Like, you know what I mean? Like eventually you're right. Like we have to imagine Amy Adams will come up with something or Glenn Close, another performance that we're going to be like, oh man, or Annette Bening like this year, like I have for Nyad where it's like, this person is deserves an Oscar and should have gotten one. And then because we're going to give it to them, you end up leaving another performer in the dust that maybe deserved it more like Pacino over Denzel for Malcolm X, right? Like that kind of thing. Now, Denzel ended up winning for training day. Uh, but you know, it's, you kind of keep missing and it, it, it just ends up being a, like an Ouroboros almost, right. Where it just is like going to keep happening. (laughs) So I feel like 
as the academy diversifies more expands more certain like you know i think maybe eventually we'll have to like move past that but i hope we figure out a way i hope they figure out a way to do it before it gets to be out of hand where it's like the next generation is getting then pushed down by the older generation that's just missed i mean you know unfortunately there are just going to be some people who never win i think that we have to accept that there will be some people who never win yeah like there already has been like you know hollywood icons who've never won so it's just yeah um it's unfortunate but i don't know yeah it's sometimes luck is on your side and sometimes it isn't so i mean um, i have at least two i'm like bradley cooper i think is in that amy adams level right of like how many nominations they have eight or nine what well he has nine total not just an actor right no i know but still nine nominations and no wins and then I have Annette Benning also as people who I think could be heavily factoring into the season who have that their due narrative who might not end up winning. Yeah, like maybe neither of their films um, are as big as Everything Everywhere. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, part two. Yes. Um, I'm so happy for Michelle Yeoh's historic win. You discussed she had the momentum. I'm defining momentum as a desire from the industry and from fans to see that person receive their flowers. There have been actresses of color in the past who seem to have momentum and still lost. Viola Davis in The Help. Obviously, Everything Everywhere is more beloved than The Help. Where does this elusive momentum come from? As an aside, I'd argue that Glenn Close had it for the wife and she lost. Hmm. Do you think the secret to success, momentum aside, is being in a Best Picture nominee? So I would say maybe, but we've seen like the Best Actress does not- It doesn't matter in Best Actress. Right. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter. I do think this year there wasn't a genuine momentum for Michelle. I, I just, it just, you felt the momentum uh, and she won at the right time in that momentum. Um, and then they also love the movie. I, I, that That's it for Viola. I don't, I mean, maybe I'm just like not as much of a fan. I mean, I definitely was not a fan of Iron Lady. I think the help is much better than Iron Lady. So I would have picked Viola personally there, but I'm like, I just don't get the sense there was a lot of enthusiasm for the movie, The Help. Do you remember that? No, and The Help only had four nominations. Right. So, it, and, and it was obviously a low tier Best Picture nominee. Like, we knew everything everywhere was winning. Right. So, like, The Help at the end of the day wasn't strong enough to carry two acting wins because Octavia Spencer was winning supporting actress. And, you know, that situation, um, Meryl Streep also had Harvey Weinstein behind her mm-hmm. and her narrative that he beat into the ground was that it had been 29 years since her last win. Right. So, and it was, you know, biopic transformation, Beatty. Um, and like Viola, you know, was a lead in an ensemble, like, you know, um, yeah. So, I, I I assume that race was close, but the help just wasn't as big of a, a movie. Like one of the reasons like I knew Michelle would win or beat Kate Blanchett is because we knew everything everywhere was winning Best Picture. Like they didn't care about any other movie. It it felt <laughs> like we have we had said this, I think you definitely said it, and I feel like we definitely both did, but it would have felt weird for her not to win if it was gonna be such a steamroller at some point. Yeah, like if everything ever was even slightly weaker, I would be like, um, she might be in trouble here. 
Right. You know, like, because, you know, like, they also liked her. It got six nominations. But they obviously love everything everywhere more. Um, and so that helped her. And um, yeah, and like Glenn, you know, she was she was the lone nominee for The Wife. And she came up against Olivia Coleman, who was in a 10 time nominee. Um, and the favorite was up for Best Picture, so... And I, I'd actually not. I, I would, I would pull, uh, respectfully disagree that she had the momentum just because I was like, like you said, it was a low nominee. It kind of felt like everyone. Like, it was narrative. There was like, a good narrative, but like no one seemed to care about the movie right at all. And then Olivia won at the BAFTA Awards and like had more momentum going in. So like maybe this year, certainly you would argue if you're watching this still and are like. Uh, we definitely put a little too much stock into BAFTA maybe in our picks, right? Like with Austin and Kerry Condon at least, but they, I, and maybe we did, but I would say like Olivia and Anthony Hopkins is another example of this generated momentum off their BAFTA wins. And I think that helped them end up winning. Whereas Kerry Condon and Austin did not generate that momentum. Like if Austin would have won SAG, that's momentum, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't even think, it it was their failure to generate momentum. I just think everything everywhere was so big, it swallowed up everyone's right. momentum. Right. You know, it, it felt like that was the only movie that they all could agree on. Right. And then um I and then like, you know, in Austin's case, I think it was just kind of like people were just I think more people were checking out the whale after nominations too because like it got pj nomination right but it didn't get best picture so i feel like they were still kind of checking it out and then they were just in the tank for it. like maybe elvis was too old by then or something you yeah, know so, i don't know and I yeah also i don't know and it's it's like it's weird because it's like both banshees and elvis should have once i like i mean banshees you know, once Carrie Condon lost, I was like, it's going over nine. <laughs> like, it's not winning screenplay. But Elvis could have, you know, won like a craft or something. So it probably finished like second in all of those categories. Like, it's probably pretty close. And then, you know, All Quiet, just that production win out of nowhere, production design. But yeah, I don't, Um, I guess you could say like, it, it seemed like maybe BAFTA would have slowed down Everything Hours momentum because they only won editing there. But I think, you know, the the guild love was enough to compensate for whatever um, indifference um, like the BAFTA voters had or the BAFTA voters who were in the Academy had for it. And yeah, I agree. I don't really think Glenn had a lot of momentum for the wife. It was just um, narrative that she was overdue and respect for her. I don't like she's she's good in the wife, but I don't think that was like a screener that a lot of people were um you know really eager to watch whereas i think you know for a 10 time nominee like the favorite people were popping that in to watch it and olivia had a lot of passion behind that performance too so it's it's yeah. tricky and when we're going through like i said like looking at our list now i'm like i don't know who like none of these are screaming steamrolling or front runner or anything like i'm just like i, I don't believe that we have a lot of winners in our picks here but uh for the 2024 and oscars yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like, again, like Glenn just had bad luck. 
So I don't know if anyone this year will be a low nominee <laughs> in Best Actress. Probably not. But you can you can win as a low nominee in Best Actress. Like Julianne Moore did it. Right. Or still Alice. And, but that was a weak year because there was only one nominee that year who was in a Best Picture nominee, Felicity Jones. So she got lucky. Glenn was not as lucky. Right. Um, but I guess we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I hope I hope Glenn wins one day, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, this was great, Joyce. So uh, we'll, we'll, I can't wait to, we'll do this again, I guess, in August. Maybe before the festivals. And then we'll we'll have like our new Everything Everywhere to put in. Yeah. That will win that picture. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out when we did it last August and do it again uh, then. And I guess we're going to start doing Emmy stuff here soon, next week. Just in time for final season of succession the greatest show on television to come back uh can't wait i'm I'm dying for those screeners to come in they have not come yet so maybe i know week. every time i get an email i'm like is this it and it's like no it's not uh and we'll do oscars playback again this year too i think joyce maybe in the summer we'll bring it back maybe i think i think we should i think we should the, the fans demand it it's like five people yeah david david in his email wrote that he he has old uh let me find it he said, I have all the previous full ceremonies with clips of movie nominee scenes and song performances from 2002 to 2005 on my YouTube channel playlist. Wow. I used to have multiple ceremonies from the 90s and early 2000s on VHS. So, so. we've got to bring it back. We'll, go, we'll maybe do the 2000s. We could start with the, if we did- We already it, did two years of the 2000s and we didn't have we didn't do this. We didn't do the Chicago year. So that was the anniversary for this year. Everybody was talking well, about it. We also didn't do Halle Berry. <laughs> right. So we could do that's uh we could do Halle Berry and then this we year. only did Gladiator and the Departed. Right. So we could do those two. That'll be fun. Can't wait to go back and revisit those classics. Uh Joyce, this was so much fun. I'll talk to you later. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.